Chapter 6 The Crew Meanwhile, back at the Syntec Lab on Playpion 2, the VAPCOM monitor in Dr. Basin's office signals an Earth Force meshes code red. Janet, running from the bedroom in her robe and a cotton towel wrapped around her head, shouts, J. Basin, code 48JC5, red. Voice code matches confirmed for Commander Janet Basin. Meshes reads as follows. Admiral Timpson to Commander Basin, stop. This is an official order to report to active duty Earth Force on board the Galaxy Cruiser Star Crusher, stop. Mission briefing for all senior officers will be at 2100 hours aboard the Star Crusher, stop. Star Crusher to arrive at Platyon 2 on Earth date 425-2379-1950 hours, stop. Order delivered, end. Janet turns off the VAPCOM, thinking to herself as she walks toward the bedroom. Hmm, he activated my commission. He knew the alien corpse would change my mind. She takes off her robe and lays it on the bed. Like a good officer, she already has her uniform laid out and her mission bags packed by the door. She climbs into her uniform, moves over to the mirror, removes the towel, and pulls her hair up in a bun and slips her hat on. Commander Basin knows her first duty is to choose her junior officer. So she picks up her bags and says, I think I will pay the lieutenant a visit. Back at the lab, Lieutenant Jason Bifford is preparing the Orion corpse for transport. He noticed the order calls for the corpse to be shipped to the Star Crusher. He thinks out loud, damn, I would like to serve on that cruiser. Lieutenant Bifford hears a hmm, turns around and sees Dr. Basin is standing in the door. Sorry, how may I help? He paused as he noticed the bars on her collar. Uh, sir, madam. Commander Basin smiles and says, At ease, Lieutenant. I see you are preparing for transport aboard the Star Crusher. Lieutenant Bifford replies, Yes, sir, ma'am. Jason, thinking that this would probably be his best chance of getting an assignment aboard a Galaxy Cruiser, clears his throat and says, <clears throat> May I inquire if you have chosen your junior yet? That has already been taken care of, Lieutenant. Jason solemnly says, Cock ready for transport, sir. Commander Basin looks at the young lieutenant, smiles, nods her head, and orders him to have the cargo delivered to the phase carrier bay. The lieutenant acknowledges the order and salutes as the commander exits the lab. Lieutenant Bifford starts gathering up his belongings when the door to the lab slides open and there stands Commander Basin. And by the way, Lieutenant, I suggest you return to the Hopkins and pack your belongings. The Star Crusher will be here before you know it. She turns and walks away as the door closes behind her. With surprise and joy, Lieutenant Biffa salutes the commander through the door and says, Yes, sir. He quickly scurries through the lab, picking up his belongings, calls the face carrier bay to pick up the corpse, and exits to the shuttle bay. He jumps in his shuttle and heads for the Hopkins. Meanwhile, back on Mars, Captain Stein receives orders from Commander Timpson. The hustle and bustle of Mars Station is drowned out by the station's intercom. Commander Hong and Ensign Sergalop, please report to Captain Stein's office ASAP. The two officers arrive at the captain's door at the same time, with the junior officer saluting the commander. Commander Hong returns the salute and turns and rings the doorbell. A strong voice rings through the door. Enter. The commander enters, saluting, followed by the ensign. The two officers take up a position of attention in front of the captain's desk. 
Captain Stein closes the folder in front of him and looks up at the two officers. At ease. I guess you are wondering why I call you here with such urgency. At the same time, both officers said, yes, sir. The captain hands the two officers the folders on his desk. He then informs them that what he has handed them are orders assigning them to the Galaxy Cruiser Star Crusher under the command of Captain Biffer. The Star Crusher will be arriving at 1900 hours. So clear your quarters and report to Face Courier Bay 2. Captain Stein salutes and dismisses the two officers. The two officers return the salute doing about face and exit the office. Instant Sergalov turns to the commander and says, Commander Hong, sir, isn't the Star Crusher the newest ship in the fleet? Hong noticed Sergalov showed a passion and says, Yes, Ensign. So I see you are security. The Ensign proudly replies, Yes, sir. Fourth generation, sir. The two men entered the pedestrian side of the trolley tube and started toward their quarters. Ensign Sergalov begins again to question the commander. Sir, I saw a smile on your face in the captain's office when he mentioned Captain Biffer. I, uh, I was wondering, do you know him? The commander turns to the young officer and says, Yes, I've served with him twice aboard the Galaxy-class cruiser. I'm surprised they gave him the Star Crusher. The instant surprised at the comments asked, Why is that, sir? Commander Hung rubs the back of his head and slowly answers the instant's questions. Well, I guess you would say he blew up the last two he commanded. Ensign Sergalov stops in his tracks and watches Commander Hong disappear around the corner. Almost an hour later, the intercom goes off. All Star Crusher personnel report to Phase Carrier Bay 2 for departure. Commander Hong enters the carrier bay carrying one small bag. When Ensign Sergalov and the two crew members return and salute him, the commander returns the salute. The Phase Carrier Chief walks up to the control panel, looks out toward the two officers and says, Commander, sir, may I see your Air Force badge? The chief takes the badge and slides it through the Earth Force identification confirmer, EFIC. He hands the badge to the commander and clears him for phasing. The chief looks at the junior officer and says, Ensign, may I see your Earth Force badge? The chief takes the badge and slides it through EFIC. He hands the badge to the Ensign and clears him for phasing. The chief clicks on the VABCOM. Star Crusher, this is Phase Courier Chief Wash. Mars Base Genesis, full to phase. Star Crusher acknowledged Genesis. Chief Wash instructs the two officers and the two crew member to step onto the phase carrier pads. Once everyone is in place, the chief pushes the small silver button on the control. And with a humming sound, the phase carrier begins as the four personnel phase out of point and reappear on point on the Star Crusher. The doors to the phase bay open and Captain Biffer, accompanied by Master Chief Baxter, the chip's quartermaster, enters and greets the new arrivals. Captain Biff extends his hands to the commander and says, Hong, my good friend, has Mars been good to you? Commander Hong grabs the captain's hand tightly and says, only when she delivered my orders for the Star Crusher. The two senior officers laugh. Captain Bifford then slides his finger down across his privy column. Lieutenant Thompson, this is the captain. Set a course to Syntec Lab 2. Captain Bifford out. He then turns to Master Chief Baxter and orders him to escort the ensign and the crew members to their quarters. He turns his attention back to Hong and says, walk with me. As Captain Biffin and Commander Hong pass through the phase bay doors, the captain's pre-recom goes off. Lieutenant Thompson reporting, call set, sir. Mission forward, Lieutenant. Captain out. Before they can take two steps, Hong is about to explode for curiosity and can't wait for the captain to tell him about the new ship. 
So he burst out in astonishment. Sir, a new mission. I thought you were retiring. Captain Biffer stops, looks at him and says, please, Hong, Jack would do. You know my rules about unofficial conversation off the bridge between senior officers, and my retirement is unofficial. Hong smiles and replies, sorry, Jack. Thought I was still back on Mars with Captain Stein. With humor in his voice, Jack said, oh, by the book, Captain, I heard he is about to make Admiral. Hung knowing that Captain Biffer has never had a warm spot for Captain Stein since the war with the Starless Alliance, turns the subject of the conversation back to the Star Crusher and her mission. He asked the captain a few questions about his retirement and who in Earth Force could have had enough balls to give him another Galaxy-class cruiser. As the two men turn the corner, Jack smiling turns to Hung and says, Admiral Timpson? Hung shakes his head and comments, Damn! After the tongue lashing he gave you about the expedition, I thought you would never get another ship. Jack nods in agreement and begins explaining to Hong how the Admiral, after he read the mission reports, called and apologized. He then tells Hong that the Admiral thought a desk job within Earth Force Academy was in order. Captain Bifford continued explaining his boredom with the job and saying that is the reason he put in for retirement. Jack informs Hong how there hasn't been any problems from the proxies in the last couple of years until now. Hong with a worried look stares at Jack and says, The proxies? Jack with a serious but quiet voice says, Yes, and you know the Admiral knows my weakness. He convinced me to take one last mission. Hong looked at his old friend and said, I knew it had to be dangerous. As the two officers entered the deck lift, Jack looks at Hong and says, danger attracts me, and the proxies being involved is always dangerous. Officer Deck 1. As the lift takes off, Hong looks at his friend and says, well, Jack, it seems every time we engage the proxy, war is right around the corner. Yes, replied Jack, and my ship always get blown to bits. Commander Hong nods in agreement, and the deck lift stops. Deck stop. Officer Deck 1. The two officers exit the deck lift and Captain Biffer escorts the commander to his quarters. The captain informs the commander that he wants him to accompany him when they arrive at Syntax. He then turns and walks toward the lift for the bridge. About an hour later at the Syntax lab on Platyon 2, Commander Biffer's VAPCOM goes off and it is Lieutenant Biffer informing her that the Star Crusher has arrived and departure is Phase Courier Bay 1. The commander arrives at the Courier Bay by 10 minutes later. She walks in, looks around, and spots her new junior officer. Lieutenant, let's get this show on the road. The two officers walk up to the carrier control code. The face carrier operator hands the lieutenant a cargo manifest. Sir, you have to sign the cargo release before departing. The lieutenant already cleared for phasing, takes the manifest and signs it and hands it back to the operator. The operator moves to the controls and turns to Commander Basin. Commander, may I see your Earth Force badge? The operator takes the badge and slides it through the EFIC reader and then looks up at the commander and says, Sir, you are clear for phasing. The operator clicks the VAPCOM on the panel. Phase operator Jones to the Star Crusher. Two personnel and one car with the phase. Acknowledge, replies Star Crusher. As the two officers settle on the phase carrier pad, Dr. Flockney walks in and silently mumbles under his breath, Get the hell off of my station. The phase carrier operator pushes the small oblong button on the control panel, and with a humming sound, 
The phase carry begins as the two personnel and cargo phase out of point and repair on point on the Star Crusher. The door to the phase carry room opens and Captain Biffer and Commander Hong enter just as the two officers step off the pad. The captain greets the doctor. Welcome aboard the Star Crusher, doctors. I'm Captain Biffer and this is my second seat, Commander Hong. Commander Basin salutes the captain and the commander and she then presents her junior doctor who is removing the cargo from the pad. The young lieutenant looks up and steps around the commander and with surprise in his voice says, Sir, Lieutenant Biffer reporting for duty. The captain, having approved of the assignment but not having informed Commander Basin, looks at the lieutenant and replies, Jason, son, how are you? Fine, father, replies Jason. With a surprised look on her face, Commander Basin looks at Jason. Captain Biffer reaches out to shake his son's hand, but he receives a tight hug instead. Captain Biffer is surprised by his son's reaction due to the fact they haven't spoken in over a year and he returns the hug with equal force. The two officers back away from each other. The captain straightens out his coat, turns to Dr. Basin and says, Commander, I am to assume that the crate contains the body. Yes, replies the commander. Good. We have a senior staff meeting at 2100 hours, and I will need a report on the corpse prior to the meeting. How about 20, 30 hours? The report will be ready, states the commander. The captain slides his finger down across his privy comm. Lieutenant Fetman, set a course to Terran and mission for it. Captain out. The captain turns to Commander Hong and orders him to show the doctor to her quarters in the mad lab. He then turns to his son and says, Jason, walk with me, please. As Jack and Jason walk out of the face carrier bay, Janet looks at Commander Hong and says, what was that all about? They act as if they haven't talked in years. Hong replies, he blames his dad for his mother's death. But from that hug, I think all is forgiven. The doctor was surprised, still streaking through her nerves, continues to question the commander. Why? How? What happened to cause such blame? The commander starts by telling the doctor that Captain Biffer's wife was killed during the skirmish over the border zone with the proxies in 2377. He stops and instructs her not to talk about this with the captain unless he brings it up. The commander replies, okay. Hong continues explaining the event near the border zone. Captain Murray Biffer's ship, the New Yorker, was ambushed and was under heavy fire by four proxy space top battlecruisers. Murray sent out a distress signal that reached the expedition commanded by Captain Biffer, her husband, and the medical ship Pastoria, which was returning from answering a distress call from an unknown alien rage, which we now know as Orion. Captain Biffer's son, Ensign Biffer, was assigned to the Pastoria. The medical ship Pastoria was no match for a proxy space talk, so they were ordered to keep a safe distance from the battle. Two more space tops appeared out of nowhere and ambushed our ship as we arrived, followed by the Pastoria. One of the proxy ships broke off and headed for the medical ship Pastoria, which at that time only had level one lasers. Jack had to make a choice. He knew his son was on the medical ship and the ship would not be able to hold off a top attack. We quickly disposed of one of the proxies top we were battling and engaged the top attacking the mad cruiser. We disposed of the attacking top, but the Pastoria sustained heavy damage, but not crippling damage, and she was still able to function on pulse power. We were somewhat worried about the New Yorker, but we knew she was a good ship. 
and we were sure she could handle the two talks attacking her until we got free. We then received another distress call that the ship's shields were failing and the crew were preparing for evacuation, but we lost the New Yorker signal. By the time we adjust our course, we saw a large flash as we approached her coordinates, and all that was left were some life parts and large pieces of debris. We saw the two proxy talks engaging the life parts and just slaughtering the survivors. With the mad cruiser not far behind, we instructed them to prepare for wounded. We engaged the proxy ships. The one already heavily damaged wasn't putting up much of a fight. The undamaged Toph attacked us, and being a veteran space crew, we were able to destroy it, sustaining little damage to our ship. The remaining damaged Toph took off toward the border zone. Captain Bifford contacted the life parts looking for Mary. Her second seat informed him that Mary had never gotten off of the ship. Captain Bifford just said, my angel, and hailed the mass ship to pick up the survivors. We then headed toward the border zone in pursuit of the third heavily damaged top cruiser. Once we crossed into the border zone, we were hit by two spring mines. We severely damaged the ship, but we were able to engage the top cruiser and destroy it. By the time we made it back out of the border zone, we had to abandon the ship and watch her explode. The Nova class cruiser Reagan had just arrived to retrieve the expedition's life parts. Jack went on board the medical cruiser Pastoria to console his son. I don't know what happened on that ship, but when I saw Jack a few hours later, he just looked at me and said, they took my family. Janice steers at home and then says, wow, Commander, that is awful. Why would Jason take this assignment with his father? Hong reminds the doctor that no senior officer order ever mentions the captain's name and that she was the one who selected the lieutenant. The doctor with reservations in her voice says, I hope their problems don't have an effect on the mission. The commander turns to her and assures her that the captain never lets personal matters get in the way of his command. As we're on the ship, Captain Bifford slides his finger down across the privy con. Commander Hong, meet me on the bridge. Acknowledged. Hung out. The commander looks down the hallway, points, and turns to Janice saying, Doctor, your quarters are DL1, the door to the left of the lab. Janet thanks the commander, and the two officers go their separate ways. In another corridor of the ship, the captain is escorting Lieutenant Bifford to the junior medical officer's quarters. The father and son officers are still engaged in a conversation. Jack stops, for they have just arrived. He turns to Jason and says, Son, I hope we can work together and put the past behind us. Father, I no longer blame you for what happened in the border zone. I know that mom would have done the same thing when put in that situation. Jack hugs Jason. Thanks, son. I'm glad to have you aboard. Jason enters his quarter and peeks back, only to see his father smiling and clapping a fist as he makes his way to the deck lift. Join us next time, Chapter 7, The Ambassador.